Welcome to the B Major Podcast with Noah Aronson. I am Noah Aronson. I'm a recording artist, composer, performer, and intentional mover. I create music and interactive experiences to activate creativity in the mind and body. This podcast is a playground for you to explore the intersection of wellness and creativity. My process involves activating the voice by dropping into the body. I developed this method to help me battle depression and anxiety, and now I'm excited to share with you how creativity can be a powerful modality to add to other wellness and healing practices you may have. I call it the Revoice Method, and all of the music you'll hear on this podcast will be a result of this creative practice. Each week, you'll hear interviews with practitioners working in the wellness and creativity space, be guided through meditations, and will be invited into my revoice method. It is my belief that we are all quote-unquote creatives, and when we can activate our creativity authentically, we can all be happier, healthier, be more joyful, we can all be major. Welcome back, B Major friends. Today's episode is called Reprioritizing Wellness, and I speak with recreation therapist and yoga practitioner Alexandra Dull. Alex's work helps remind us of the importance of recreation in our lives, not thinking of it as something we do whenever we have free time, which for many of us is never, but something that we can build into our daily lives and is as essential to us as any other wellness practice or our responsibilities. I love looking at the word recreation and finding the word creation embedded within it. What is recreation if not a rediscovery of our true selves, a rebirthing of spirit within us? And our recreation time, our recreation, is a time to tap into our creativity. I often think about the idea of playing an instrument as playtime. We don't say that I'm going to work piano or I'm going to exercise guitar. We say we are playing an instrument. It's time to get back into our playfulness and our curiosity. Carving out playtime as adults may seem unessential or immature, but it's such a core part of the human experience, and without it, our lives are simply a collection of tasks we need to check off a list. Many of us tend to subconsciously carve out recreation and channel that energy into mindlessly watching television. TV can certainly be a recreation activity when done consciously, but if we find ourselves gravitating towards it just because we're too tired or bored, then there are actually so many other options available to us in those moments that we can use to serve our wellness and enhance our lives. In part of our discussion today, Alex and I talk about the idea of flow state. I've been fascinated by this concept for a long time and read a really wonderful book, which Alex actually mentions quickly in our interview. The book is called Flow, Living at the Peak of Your Abilities. 
I'm not sure I can properly pronounce the author's name without being offensive to him, but his name is Mikael Csikszentmihalyi. The idea of flow state is a state of being that we enter into when we lose track of time and become completely immersed in whatever we are doing in that moment. He offers many different pathways that one could enter into it. Alex talks about how she finds her flow state in nature. I personally find it by entering into music making. It is a glorious state to be in, and I would say it could be essential for anyone seeking to cultivate a creative or artistic practice. Many of the pathways into flow state require us to be in a place of ease and reduced stress, to have a relaxed mind without the clutter of our to-dos weighing us down. So let's do a quick meditation practice together to relax our minds and then dive into a brief music creation session together to see if we can experience a little bit of that timeless space. So find a place where you can sit comfortably for a few moments and begin to focus your awareness on your breath. On the inhale, invite in a sense of curiosity And on the exhale, see if you can release into the experience of relaxation. This is a gift you are giving to yourself in this moment. The gift of time the gift of spaciousness. This is time with and for yourself to reconnect with your true nature. Freed from the trappings of your ever important to-dos and focusing simply on being. When a thought emerges about a future task, know that there will be time take care of all of it, and that right now you are giving yourself this time to experience the feeling of freedom and lightness. This moment can be your moment of recreation today your moment to reconnect with being, with self, with your true nature. 
we take a few more sweet breaths. Inhale and exhale. Thanking yourself for this gift of presence. Beginning to invite in a bit of movement back into your body. Releasing tension and opening your eyes back to the world that is waiting for you. I'm going to now improvise five minutes of free-flowing music for you and with you. As always, starting from nothing and letting what wants to emerge come through. See if you can be transported into your flow state with me as we enter into this timelessness for a few minutes together.
Yeah. So now, having opened ourselves up, having given ourselves the gift of space, let's now settle in and prepare to listen to my interview with Alexandra Dull. So I'm speaking today with Alexandra Dull, who is a yoga practitioner and recreation therapist based out of Maryland. Welcome, Alexandra. Thanks so much. I'm really happy to be here. Do you go by Alex or Alexandra? What do you prefer? Alex is good. Alex is preferred. Okay, wonderful. Alex, it's so great to have you here. We had a chance to chat on the phone last week and just get to know each other a bit. And you were uh, telling me that you actually just finished doing your first solo retreat. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, yeah. So I just hosted a half-day retreat right outside of Baltimore City at Lock Raven Reservoir, which is the city's water resource. Um, and it was incredible. We had 10 people and we spent a lot of time being intentional in nature. Um, everybody had a hammock that was provided. I provided um, really delicious vegan gluten-free food and we went for a hike and we did yoga at sunset with horses and cats and chickens nearby at a farm that I teach at here in Baltimore. And it was really amazing and I'm ready to start planning my next retreat, um, another half day retreat, probably in late September, and then looking to host another longer retreat a few days in um, over the new year. That's so great. Uh, I love uh, the retreat model. I'm going to be offering some retreats starting this fall as well. So I think that uh, it's just a great way um, just to kind of remove some of the distractions in life and, and focus on what's important. I, I just, I feel like I want to re-term the word retreat because to me, when I hear the word retreat, I think about running away from something. Uh, and I want the idea to be more like running to self, like going back inwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's what I, that's the, the whole premise of the experience was for folks to tune in. So I encourage everybody to put their phones on airplane mode. Um, I was minding the time. So nobody was having to think about like, oh no, we only have 15 more minutes doing this activity or, you know, oh my gosh, are we nearing the end? Like I just encouraged folks to really surrender to the experience. And um, I hear you on this idea of like, retreating does feel like running away or it sounds like running away but maybe the idea is um to retreat inward and I think it's a really great way for us to start to sort of come out of pandemic mode not saying that we're entirely out of all of this yet um but outdoor experiences with a group of vaccinated people um felt really safe and it feels like a really gentle way to re-enter the world hmm. Yeah, I'm realizing for myself too, just how, I don't think I realized how much of an effect the, the pandemic had on me. Uh, and I, cause I kept up with my practices pretty consistently and I was, I was doing pretty well, emotionally speaking, I, or at least I thought I was doing okay. Uh, and then as things have started to emerge and I've been doing, seeing people more and going out into spaces with more people, I've been just realize I feel it in my body much more. Uh, I'm like, oh wow, this had a this had a deep effect on me. 
Mm, yeah, I hear that. And um, I was talking to my mom about this a few days ago. I think I was preparing to do something with some people and feeling a little bit nervous, um, more so like socially anxious, which is not a feeling that I had experienced pre-pandemic. And my mom just reminded me that we're all re-entering at our own pace and we're all just doing the best that we can. And I really hope that moving forward, uh, as individuals, we will say no to things more often that don't serve us. I think that's so important. Um, I'm a yes person. I say yes to everything. And for seven or eight years, I was working seven days a week. And um, that is not the case. I'm off on a Monday and I'm just flowing through life. And uh, I feel so much better. I have so much more time. And when there's more time in the day, there's... Um, there's so much more curiosity and wonder that can come through as opposed to like being really regimented. And, and I was always in my car, like driving to the next thing. And now, you know, I'm, I'm just hopeful that we all come out and, and move forward with a new mindset of how to live, how to live with ease and with compassion for ourselves and for others and to be a lot more gentle. Yeah. Thank you for that. I was just thinking about you know, sometimes when our lives are so packed and we give ourselves more space, we rush to fill in the space with other things because we're scared of the space. Mm -hmm. um, it sounds, I love what you said about, you know, we're inviting in curiosity. We're inviting in a little bit opportunity to daydream a little bit, um, which ignites our creativity. But, but, you know, sometimes that space also sheds light on some of the things that we've been trying to fill to avoid feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so daunting to have all of this time and space. And um, I've learned in my meditation practice that I'm no longer bored. Like there's boredom isn't part of my vernacular because if ever there's some time, um, I can just sit and I can be with myself and I use Insight Timer, which is a really great resource. And 10 minutes a few times a day um, is incredible. And in those moments of like, I, I have all this time and I'm not too sure what to do with it. After I sit for 10 minutes, I, there's clarity and I can move forward through my day with like a little bit more um, of an idea of kind of how I want to take it rather than running from thing to thing or feeling like I need to go do something or fulfill a need, you know, I can just be gentle and flow. It, yeah. Life is so much better when we're just in flow. Yeah. I remember when I first started meditating uh, and started loving it so much, I remember I, I had to wait. I, I was going through a, like a, 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 che a security check at an airport and they, they took my bags and they just made me had to wait. And before, I think before my meditation practice, I would have just started getting so frustrated and antsy, but then I just like found a little seat. I'm like, oh, great. Thank you. You're giving me time that I can just now sit here and just sit, you know, that's like a gift of time. Absolutely. And time is such, time is such a valuable resource, right? And energy is time and time is exchanged for other things. And, um, I, I love the, I'm not sure where this comes from, but I've heard it many times that um, if you only have five minutes a day to meditate, you should meditate for 10 minutes. I know. I, <laughs> I've used that line. That's a great, it's a great line. I don't remember where I heard mm -hmm. it, either, but it's wonderful. So many uh, teachers. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you, 
you say that you're a, you are a recreation therapist. And I think before uh, you and I spoke, I don't even think I had ever heard of someone who was termed a recreation therapist. Can you talk a little bit about what that is? Sure. So I studied recreation parks and tourism with a concentration in recreation therapy, which can also be called therapeutic recreation specialist. My idea for what I wanted to do was to be outside with folks and helping people live authentic, uh, genuine, flow-based lives. A really important concept of recreation therapy is the theory of flow by Mahai Csikszentmihalyi, which is all about uh, losing track of time, essentially, and just being so immersed in an experience that you're not thinking about what's for dinner uh, or what happened yesterday or what time it is. Um, I think time is such an interesting construct that we've created as humans here. Um, so I started my journey as a recreation therapist in the clinical field, which I'm really grateful for because I learned a lot. So I worked for the Department of Veterans Affairs in California, and then I worked for Johns Hopkins here in Baltimore. I also the work through a transportation system, and I was working with folks with disabilities, helping them navigate public transportation in Washington, D.C. So um, it's a very wide range of skills that a recreation therapist possesses. Um, most notably, compassion is, as if you talk to any other recreation therapist, they would say, oh, compassion is like the highest held trait that we all need to have in order to be successful in our work. And um, so in, in Hopkins, I was working in post-acute rehab, so working with folks who had just um, sustained some sort of injury or a stroke, some sort of life-changing experience. And my job as a recreation therapist was to get them back to things that they enjoy doing. A physical therapist works with folks in their physical mobility. Occupational is brushing your teeth and combing your hair and going to work and speech is with speech and your cognition. And then what's left is like your leisure. What do you enjoy doing? What is life all about for you? What's your purpose? Mm. So a lot of it is purpose-driven work. Um, how are people feeling fulfilled in their lives? And on the other side of that is a lot of people simply don't know. So there's a lot of um, curiosity that's a, a been my vocabulary is curious and curiosity and wonder and awe like the world is so big and there's so much to do but a lot of people that's daunting right there's if there's all this time and there's all these things to do how, how are you supposed to choose mm. so recreation therapists can work with people to help identify what is meaningful in life mm. I think um, for, for me uh, I feel like I've discovered that the more self-love and self-worth I have at any given moment, the more recreation activities I'm engaging in. And when I am in a place of feeling a little bit less uh, of my self-worth, it's harder for me to find like recreational activities to, to be doing. So is, is any aspect of your work about how to cultivate that self self love and self compassion in, in in the in your patients or clients, however you just refer them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which I guess is where the intersection of yoga comes in. So I've been a yoga practitioner or teacher for the last um, five years with a formal um, certificate to practice. I studied. In um, with June Lee, who's amazing, and yes, absolutely. 
so much of it is about um, confidence and self-love. So there's a lot of work around coping skills and techniques to feel more at ease, whether that's in the body or the mind or with your spirit. Um, so I was always and am still always bringing that component and bringing in this um, love for self and that can be difficult to teach or to guide somebody through because that's such an internal and a personal journey. And so I think so much of that comes from my own practice of loving myself. And in doing that, I sort of turn on the light for other people like, wow, if Alex can love herself, maybe I can love myself too. Um, and it's been years and years of hard work for me. It doesn't come easy. I don't think for anybody. Um, and not every day is um, easy. Not every day is, is filled with, you know, uh, pink walls and, and brightness. There are dark days too. And I think that in honoring the dark days, we realize how important the bright days are. Mm -hmm. Um, so meeting people where they're at was, is just so important and, and ensuring that, you know, uh, people feel seen and they feel heard and they feel understood and just being a safe space for people to open up and say like, Hey, you know, I'm having a hard time today. And then we can work through that together. Um, cause we're not alone. Nobody's here to be on this journey by themselves. You know, it takes a village to do so much of this work. Hmm. Um, I like how you say that there's a difference with recreation therapy in that you invite the clients to say no, like to opt out of, of the activity. Whereas, you know, maybe in uh, creative arts therapy or movement therapy or music therapy, there might not be the same um, opt-in or buy-in uh, choice uh, in, if they're in a rehab facility or something like that. Can you talk a little bit about that, uh, how that perspective uh, and maybe shifts their outlook on, on the approach? Sure. Yeah. So, so much of that is just instilling autonomy in folks. You know, we live in a world where the sort of tradition or the standard of living is you work a nine to five job and you spend the weekends recovering and cleaning your house. And so that you can go back to work and then you raise children and, and it's so much yes. And there's so much of this filling the time. Right. And, um, I'm no longer working in a rehab facility or working in like a, a clinical setting, but I still think this is so important as I'm working with clients on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Um, and I think it's so important that folks can say no and, hey, actually today doesn't work for me. Can we just skip this week and, and I'll meet you back next week? And it's never personal. It's always um, an open invitation for somebody to say I need to take care of myself. And today that looks like not participating in whatever we had planned. Um, and yeah, I, I just think there's so much value in that. And we can all learn to just say no a little bit more, which is just not what we're conditioned to do, you know? Uh, with every therapy modality or any, every coaching modality that I've ever participated in, there's always like, you know, this 24 hour policy because they want to keep you accountable. They want to keep you on track because they know that oftentimes avoidance is going to be one of the tactics that people will use to, to not have to engage with themselves. But what you're okay. saying is that like in, in part of your um, coaching or one-on-one -on -one sessions, you actually invite them to have that possibility of opting out if they want to. Sure. And it works so much in my day-to-day -day life too. And as I 
open up that space for people to say, hey, today doesn't work. I mean, there, if, if somebody says no for five weeks in a row, of course, there's going to have to be some sort of communication that we need to work through. Um, and I teach yoga classes on a donation-based um, method. So I encourage people to come, have the experience, and then pay what they feel like the experience was worth to them. I spent years working and teaching in a in studio spaces, which serve really important purposes specifically for community orientation. However, you pay beforehand. What if you don't like the experience? What if, you know, there's so many things that could happen in that time and people are really intimidated by the fact they have to pay first. And so I think working with the model of like pay afterwards is, is kind of relates to this in the sense of like, and I tell people like, you don't have to pay anything. You can just come and enjoy this experience and that's okay too. And then the payment is please spread the word. Please let other people know that this is happening. That's just as valuable as money, right? Because so many, there's so many different ways to exchange and to be paid by somebody. Mm. Um, so yeah, you know, and then in my life, as I encourage people to say no when it doesn't work for them, then I am more inclined to say no when something doesn't work for me. And that's hard. It's hard work to say no. It's a lot easier to do something even if we don't want to than it is to say no because there's a perception from the other side of like, you know, so many stories that could be told on that, right? The other person perceives me as like being lacking of something or a failure or a whatever. And yeah, going back to this um, concept after this idea of recreation therapists being compassionate humans is um, holding space for like, I'm not judging you. If mm -hmm. you need to say no, that's okay. You know, I think we just, it can be a harsh world, you know, and, and let's just be a little less judgmental. Let's just be a little bit more kind and compassionate. Totally. Yeah. And, uh, and how this all relates to uh, kind of inspiring creativity, as you know, you know, on this podcast, we talk about the meeting point between wellness and creativity, and we try to um, interview people who are doing uh, work at that meeting point. Uh, so uh, I like how you talk about how in, in with regards to creativity, that progress is, is, is the goal is progress, not perfection. And what do you mean by that? Oh, so many so many things. Yeah. Progress, not perfection is something that uh, my partner and I say to each other all the time. Like we're both just working humans. Neither of us expects, expects that the other person's going to be perfect. We're all just like, there is no end. There's no finish line. Nobody's going to get to the end and be like, I'm perfect because that's um, an illusion. There's no perfection. So I think that also progress isn't linear, you know, and, and we Sometimes it'll be a week of like doing really well in whatever way you need to be well and take yourself. And then the next week you take three steps back, but you know that you can keep marching forward and yeah, progress, not perfection. I think that's just a, an important way to live. Um, don't let perfection be the enemy of the good. And I, that, that really like sunk deep into me um, yeah. many years ago from a therapist that I was seeing. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah, and I love how you incorporate nature. Um, that there, you've you've reprioritized your um, your work to um, to focus so much on on just giving people opportunities to be in nature and connect with nature, which seems to be uh, increasingly more valuable now uh, with the especially mid and post pandemic when we've just been all kind of trapped inside so much. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, um, one of the facilities that I worked in was a locked facility. And so folks had no mm. access to the outdoors and some of them would be there for six, nine, 12 months. My gosh. And I was just on the daily advocating, like we really need to let people outside. This It's it's prison and, and, and it's, it's worse than prison, you know? Prisoners still have access to the outdoors in some capacity. And so it was really challenging, yeah. I see you have those plants that are behind you that are getting <laughs> yes. that like, you know, in, in, in some ways we are also like plants, you know, we, we need sunlight to grow. We need to mm-hmm. be outside. We need fresh air. Um, it's not necessarily natural for us to be um, inside so much. And it's, and uh, I had, yeah, a friend of mine uh, who talks about sunlight. Uh, he says to me, you know, it's not that being outside is so healthy. It's that being inside is unhealthy. Mm -hmm. We're not really meant to be inside so much. And so any opportunity that we can to go outside and take a walk or be in wherever that is. I mean, New York City, there's not a lot of nature around me right now, but there is outside I can access and it does make a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that can be a sticking point is like, oh, well, you know, I don't, I'm not prepared to go for a hike. I, you know, if I'm going to go outside, I want to spend all day outside. Like I have, there's a small patch of grass in my front yard. And I also live in the middle of a bustling city. I'm in Baltimore. And um, luckily I, I can hop on my bike and be at a place called Lake Montebello in just a few minutes, which is beautiful. And just putting your feet on the ground, your bare feet on the ground is that's enough. We don't have to have anything more to connect with nature. Um other than a few moments, yeah. So glad you're talking about that. Uh, you know, some people call it earthing, some people call it grounding, mm-hmm. um, but there's this um, there's really powerful there's really powerful science around uh, the idea of just simply putting our feet up on on the earth and, and reconnecting and realigning our body's electromagnetism with the earth's electromagnetism. Uh, I just just because you're mentioning it, I wonder if that's something that you you um, you talk about in your work and something that you you help bring people towards yeah absolutely um we aren't separate from the planet that we live on we are made up of the same stuff we i believe are our own unique universes everything that is out there also exists within us and if we are disconnected from what's happening outside in the world in the natural world we are more likely to be disconnected from what's happening within us. Mm. And yeah, I am a huge advocate for getting people outside. Um, I also work for a program here in Maryland called Nature Works, where we work with folks who are mostly working through substance abuse disorder and getting them outside. Um, And the idea is that what's on the other side of that, like craving that addiction, that need to fill yourself with something that isn't uh, serving and what happens if we fill that with being outside, with nature, mm. with the natural world? Um, and it's a really powerful organization, a really powerful program. And it's it's just incredible that's happening. And, you know, this is happening all over the world. There's forest bathing happening. There's grounding. There's all sorts of outside activities. Um, here in Baltimore City, actually, I went kayaking. I rented a kayak for $5 on Friday night to go in the bay at sunset. And, you know, these things are accessible. And I think that this, the pandemic really brought us inside. Um, And my hope is that some of us went 
further inward within ourselves rather than just like in our home. Um, and then now we can like go out and blossom and bring more light to the world because we have a little bit more awareness of like what's happening in our own internal selves. Mm. I love it. And uh, you also talk about how we need to reprioritize what it means to be well. Mm -hmm. I just think that's an interesting approach. Again, what does that, what does that mean? Like, what, yeah, what do, we, what do we mean when we say wellness? What does it mean when we say being well? Wellness is like such a, um, a little like jingly catchphrase. Uh, and I'm a wellness practitioner and I see it and I know uh, that a lot of people are like, oh, wellness, you know. But I, as a yoga practitioner also, this is an ancient practice and um, it's so important that we honor the roots and pay reverence to all of the lineages that have brought us this knowledge and all of the sages. Um, and I really believe that it being in the mainstream right now feels a little bit funky, right? Like it's advertised everywhere. We're seeing yoga. That's like such a big word, but I think it's actually really important that it's in the mainstream because it's, it's like just being more ingrained in our psyche and in our ideas of like, uh, how our life can be yoga is so much more than just rolling out a mat and, and having a physical practice. Um, it's, it's, it's infinite. There's so much that we can learn from this practice and it being in the mainstream, I think is really good because more people are, are waking up to this idea that like, wow, yoga, it means union, it means yoke, it means to bring together. And what does that mean though? Like, what are we bringing together? Our minds, our bodies, our spirits, we're uniting with each other, we're uniting with the planet that we live on. Um, so yeah, how do we reprioritize our wellness and what does that mean? Uh, so much, but I guess at the, at the sort of center of it all is um, living outside of this like really structured, regimented, way we've been conditioned to live. Um, one of my like earliest, not earliest memories, but I just remember as a kid thinking this over and over again, like, wow, I really have to go to school every day, like until I'm 18, only to like go back to school, only to like work Monday through Friday. Like when does that end? And then it ends at retirement. And then you're like, you've burnt yourself out because you just worked your whole life. And I watched my parents really suffer in that way. And so I committed like as soon as like I recreation therapy, I was like, great. I'm not going to have to, you know, I'm going to be outside all day. I'm not going to have to like sit at a desk. And I mean, that wasn't totally true. It's true. Now I've, I've managed to build a life that doesn't have me sitting at a desk, um, which I'm so grateful for. So reprioritizing wellness. I think we need to look at leisure and recreation and the way that we're spending our time. I think we need to look at what we're eating and where it's coming from. I think we need to look at our breath. I think we need to be so much more aware of what happens in the stillness. You know, uh, we have these devices that are pocket computers and at any moment, you know, you were saying at the airport, you just had a few moments and you had to wait. And the natural inclination these days is not to just be still and notice. The natural inclination is to pick up the phone and scroll through Instagram or check an email. And, but what happens when we let that go, you mm. know? Yeah. No, this is uh, so fascinating. And I'm so glad that you 
brought light, at least of awareness for me, for uh, what a recreation therapy, uh, what, ther what recreation therapy is, and uh, and some of the work that you're you're offering. Because I think it's it's really powerful to think about our leisure time um, as not something that's just like this extra little gift that, in case you have time, you know, <laughs> can add it in, but actually build it in as very much a part of our lives, uh, and and realize that it's as valuable as as the yoga and it's as valuable as the uh you know the the napping and the resting and the sleeping and the sunlight all of it that it's 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 all part of our uh, comprehensive wellness uh and 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 it all helps us to be more creative and more in flow like what you were saying before so alex it was such a joy and a pleasure to be able to chat with you this time has just flown by and uh, i just uh, am so glad to know you and so grateful that you took the time to be here and chat with us today yeah, thank you so much, Noah. It's been such a pleasure. And yeah, thank you, everyone. <laughs> if people want to find out more about you or to learn more about you, where can they go to, to learn more? On that cute little Instagram. Uh, <laughs> I'm working on building a website, but it's not up yet. So you could follow me at Flowing with Alex. And then if you just, I love email correspondence. That's like my favorite way to communicate with people. So um, Alex Dull Yoga at gmail.com. So that's how you could find me. I love to be in touch. I love to hear what people are doing and spread the love and spread the light and the joy. And yeah. Absolutely. Well, it is uh, so, so nice to have had a chance to, to speak with you um, and to connect. I'm just, I'm thinking now that, you know, I know that you haven't done a lot of interviews, but I know that throughout your life, when you have the last name Dull, people probably make a, you know, a, a silly or stupid pun about it, but I'm thinking about dull as like being the same thing as like the word doula of someone who actually helps like uh, bring someone forth into the world and help helps a mother like birth, go through the birthing process. And so what that's where my mind goes when I think about you, Alex, and what you're doing is you're helping with rebirth. You're helping people come back to their uh, to their essence and to who they, who they truly are. So I hope that those are the puns that come out when people talk about your last name. I love that. Actually, the next thing, the next like little thing I want to do, my next little training that I want to do is to become a death doula. So to be on the opposite side of um, helping people pass on with ease. So, wow, I've never looked at my name and thought of that, but uh, now I will. <laughs> it's amazing. You Thank you for pointing that out. Absolutely. Well, it was such a pleasure chatting and I look forward to staying in touch and hopefully our listeners will reach out to you as well with questions and, and more to find out more about you. Yeah, thanks so much. All right, thank you. That's our show for today. Thanks again to Alex for coming on to the program to discuss the value of adding more recreation into our lives. I hope this invitation for recreation reignites your desire to add more creativity into your daily practice. You don't need to be an artist or a craftsperson to welcome in more creativity, and the benefits of doing so can be life-changing. I hope you'll stay connected with me through the social media platforms and on YouTube where I am constantly sharing the creativity that is flowing through me each day. I'm giving it away for free because I firmly believe that it is not entirely mine. 
It was a gift that I received, and I am simply sharing that gift with whoever is open and desiring to receive it. I do offer workshops and live events, and you can learn more about those offerings on the bmajor.co website or at noaharonson.com. As always, I'm leaving you today with the reminder that we are all creatives, that we all can find ways to be more playful, to be happier, healthier. We can all be major. See you next week. Thank you.